Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 314. Greetings from Denver, Colorado. The finale of this summer's amateur golf schedule has brought everyone to the Rocky Mountain State for the 123rd United States Amateur Championship. The best and brightest in the world of amateur golf are here to make that magical run towards capturing the Havemeyer Trophy. The first round of stroke play is underway as 312 players try to jockey into position for match play, where, as you know, anything can happen. The U.S. Amateur will be televised on Peacock, Golf Channel, and NBC all throughout the week. So check your local listings if you're not making the trip out to Colorado this year. As you all know, I've been out on the road all summer following the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Last year in the first installment of the series, Caleb Surratt had the Elite Amateur Cup title wrapped up before he ever hit a shot at the Western Amateur. This year was a completely different story, as the players in the top five all had a mathematical chance to capture the title depending on how things would shake out at the Western Amateur. This year, the Elite Amateur Cup title ended up being decided on the final day of the Western Amateur, on the final hole of the championship match. My guest on this episode is the 2023 Western Amateur Champion and the winner of the Elite Amateur Cup, Kazuma Kabori from Rangoria, New Zealand. Kazuma was one of three players that played in all seven tournaments this summer. Yes, Kazuma racked up more travel miles than even I did this summer. We spoke about his consistent play throughout the series, how he managed to endure all of the tournaments, and finally, that epic match in the Western Am final against Christian Moss from South Africa. This is one of my favorite episodes of the summer. Kazuma's story and his energy is something that I think all of you will enjoy. Before we get started... Just wanted to thank all the players, volunteers, tournament staff, and tournament directors throughout the entire summer that made me feel so welcome throughout the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Special shout out to Andy Priest and Savannah Russo from the Elite Amateur Golf Series. A lot of late night phone calls, early morning emails, but we got it done. Thoroughly enjoyed working with you both. This summer was the first year of the partnership between the Back of the Range and the Elite Amateur Golf Series. And I look forward to continuing that next year in 2024. Let's bring in the Elite Amateur Cup champion, Kazuma Kabori. Welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We are here on site, Cherry Hills at the U.S. Amateur. We have both had an incredibly long summer, um, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. The most obvious statement in the history of this podcast <laughs> is like, it's been a lot. But um, you played a practice run today at uh, Colorado Golf Club, which is the stroke play companion course for um, for the U.S. Amateur. So first impressions, you know, we're going to talk about the summer, but you're here on site. First impressions of Colorado Golf Club. You just played a practice round there today. Really awesome golf course. Yeah, it was had a lot of fun out there. It's, um, it's a really fair golf course. Like if you hit a good one, you're going to be um, going to be rewarded. But if you hit it sideways, then you're going to be in some bad places so i think i think it's a really good really good stroke play course um 
almost a shame we're not playing match play there, but I'm sure I haven't seen Cherry Cherry Hills yet, but I'm sure that's good as well. I will have to uh, talk to you tomorrow after you get your first impressions of Cherry Hills. You know, incredible summer of travel. You are one of three men that played in all three. I'm sorry, one of three men that played in all seven of the Elite Amateur Golf Series events. So how is the energy level? You're just a few days away from your your victory at the Western Amateur. Uh, how is your energy level coming into the U.S. Amateur? Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Definitely a bit, bit flatter uh, than I must say at the start of the trip when I played Sunny Hannah. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, I've played seven events now. What's one more? Yeah, why not? I yeah, mean, you know, it's might as well. Free golf. Let's just do it. I mean, just <laughs> let's just take it deep. Um, let's. I, I want to talk about the summer, but I definitely want to get into like your start in the game. Which you know, when when I have most guests here at the back of the range, they're college players that are U.S. based, and you know, their start is kind of traditional. They were introduced to the game, got into the junior golf circuit in the states, played college, and and that's that's kind of their journey. But you are a uh, New Zealander, so Rangora, New Zealand. I did a little bit of research on New Zealand to kind of get an idea of how golf plays into the fabric of the, of the country's uh, sports history. And I know that golf is huge in New Zealand, but educate me and listeners on how you got into the game of golf. Yeah, all right. So I'm originally from Japan, um, but I moved over when I was five. So I've played all, and I started golf when I was 10. So I've played all my golf in New Zealand. Um, you know, it's a bit different. Like, um, there's a clear-cut pathway over here, I'm guessing, from, you know, your AJGA stuff, your junior golf, and you go to college golf, and then you do a Q school, and then you go turn professional, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, for us, we don't really have a pathway, um, well, clear-cut pathway, purely because we haven't had that many people make it. Sure. <laughs> um, so... Uh, basically you kind of make your way as we go. And recently we've had some success with Ryan Fox and uh, Dan Hillier. But our pathway is basically um, some guys, um, for me, for me, I do education in New Zealand um, while playing golf tournaments. Like I'll probably play 20 to 25 events a, a year. Um, some guys choose to work instead of uh, do education um which is fair enough but uh for us uh you know we do most of us i should say golf first and then uh college or work second sure i think there's about 400 golf courses in new zealand and just to compare it to where i'm from the state of florida Mm. there's like 1200 it's the there's more golf courses in florida than any state in the united states yeah there's a big difference between 400 and 1200 obviously but per capita, New Zealand ranks very highly for the number of golf courses in a country. So I'm assuming you're, what, maybe 30 minutes to a golf course anywhere in the country? Is it that pretty accurate? Yeah, uh, I would say that's accurate, but I wouldn't. There's a there's a silver lining to that. Like, okay. There's a lot of really good golf courses in America on there, whereas we don't have that many golf courses that once you get to a certain level, that challenge us okay which makes it difficult for us to improve and we can we can there are some techniques you can use during practice to make a golf course harder uh for example um we play a thing called island fairway so basically essentially if you miss the fairway we hit from wherever we hit it but we add a stroke um so essentially that makes you 
go, you know, we got to hit a driver straight. Sure. Um, whereas America, I feel like there's so many good golf courses uh, and that's part of the reason the boys um, from the Southern Hemisphere come over is like just such a good challenge. Uh, and you go back, uh, A, obviously you go back a better player, but you go back with a clear-cut understanding on what you need to work on because if you got a weakness, that is going to get exposed instantly. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the main difference. But, sure, we do have a lot of golf courses, and golf is very accessible as well, which is nice. Who put a club in your hand for the first time? Uh, my dad did. Okay. Yeah. That was ages ago. That was, <laughs> that was when I first came to New Zealand. Um we lived on like a lifestyle block, uh, which is like 50 acres land. And um, yeah, he, uh, he was like, oh, why don't you give this a try? And I, yeah, you know, at the time I wasn't overly uh, enthusiastic about it, but we kept playing like, you know, once a week or so and became a routine. Okay. Yeah. Now you just mentioned your approach is kind of, or some of your friends, obviously golf first and education or work second. Now, your sister is maybe the opposite of that. She played collegiate golf at Pepperdine. That's right. That's right. She um, she was a definitely a factor in um, how I uh, chose to not go collegiate to play collegiate We're golf. We're blaming your sister so, yeah, for you not sister. going to college. Um, but um, she played in Pepperdine, and she was she was smart. Like, and she's also a very good player. She currently plays on the ladies European tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, but she she told me that if you liked studying, um, you would be like, okay to go to college, uh, college golf route. Um, unfortunately I did not, I don't like studying. Um, didn't hate it, but I definitely liked golf more. Um, so that was, uh, that was the route I took to play in the national team. And, um, you know, so far it's gone pretty well. You know, here in the States, you know, the Canadian guys come over and Australians, New Zealand's, uh, you know, every a lot of countries have their own national team. What does the national team do for you and what, you know, that relationship, how does that allow you to come play a full schedule? And like, how do they set you up on a path where you can compete as an amateur? Yeah, they're pretty good. We have a uh, we have a really good national coach right now. Name's Jay Carter. And he... Um, He's been around a while and um, he helps us out with coaching and stuff like that. Um, as for like funding and stuff, they give us some funding so that we can play these events because uh, airfares are not cheap these days, I, I, unfortunately. What, what is the fl- okay, so what is the flight from New Zealand to the States? What are we looking at here? Uh, it's the 13-hour flight and I think it was like – the flight over wasn't that bad. It was like a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, US, unfortunately. <laughs> Not in <laughs> dead. Um, but the flight back's going to be brutal. I think like, because some boys finished Western, unfortunately didn't make it into um, USM. So they had to fly out of Chicago, which is significantly uh, more expensive. I think one of the boys, Sam Jones, I think he went close to 3K or something. Oh, man. Um. You know, but it's an investment we make and it's, um, you know, I think Sam and I, I think everyone would agree that it's worth it. You know, the competition we can get here is you can't get it anywhere else. So you can't really put a price tag on it. Yeah, uh, it's, well, you have to test yourself not only against the best players in the world, but also you have to test yourself in a situation where you're going to be playing courses that you're going to 
be seeing as a professional. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you're seeing this summer, gosh, we've seen greens running. I mean, did any green really, any greens really run slower than 11? Nah. Yeah. Honestly, not. And, and we saw some things. <laughs> we saw some greens that were pretty darn quick. I mean, yeah. transmiss. Yeah, transmiss lightning. Like, yeah, now that you bring up transmiss, like the heat at transmiss. Sure. Like, we don't even, like, come close to that stuff. And then even if we do, we won't be playing golf. Like, right. stuff like that. Like, stuff, experiences like that, you can't really get anywhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was, uh, that's probably the hottest I think I've ever been <laughs> in a golf course, too. That, yes, yeah, that Did you play the afternoon, second round, or the morning? I played morning. Okay. I was fortunate, I think. Afternoon, 115 heat index. <laughs> and I was out there, and I was like... <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, when you guys come in, I'll take a picture and we'll do stuff. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm no. done. Yeah. No, we finished early and started watching suits at like two p.m. So we were we were primo inside. Yeah. I would imagine with all the travel you're doing, your Netflix queue must be getting beat up pretty darn good. I mean, is there anything left for you to watch on Netflix anymore? No, I'm not a big Netflix guy, but Jaden Ford is. So we uh, he, we used his account. I uh, watched a bit of suits. Um, a lot of that. That's that's. I like watching Blacklist as well. Uh, that's okay. cool. Um, but on the planes, like oh, you have to. I got I got nothing to do because like, bro, I've watched all the movies and you know, I'm pretty tired. I, when you play that many events, you get pretty tired. So sleep comes easy. So that's good. Yeah. So how do you again? How I know you love golf and and you <laughs> mentioned playing 25 events a year. That's a really full schedule for anyone amateur junior pro whatever that's that's a big schedule but i mean this is seven consecutive weeks and you're going from i mean gosh you know sunnyhan in pennsylvania rhode island uh for the northeast or you know i'll take you through the whole I'll take listeners through the through because uh, entire trip so sunnyhan in pennsylvania then you go to the northeast dam in rhode island then you go down to piners for north and south texas in dallas for the transmit southern chattanooga Pack coast, then you go to Vancouver, and then double back to go to the Western. How much was fatigue and just being a little burnt out? Did you feel or deal with any of that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I played the same schedule last year, um, but actually, how many events? I think I played six you events. You played like, five events last five year. Five events last year, and then including USAM. Um, but I played awful, which obviously means you play less golf because yeah. you start missing cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that is a way to deal with burnout. Deal with burnout. Just miss cuts to play cuts. less. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, tactical yeah. MCs. But uh, in all seriousness, I, this year I uh, worked on doing less, like the less is more, like transmiss, for example, like so hot in the practice round that I only played nine holes. And I think before I would have been like nervous to do that like i would have been like i'm like i need to know you'd be unprepared yeah I'm like, i need to know what the course is like but i think yeah. um i've gotten i've improved in the past year to the point where i can kind of trust myself a li little bit better and go you know i don't i can make it work on the day sure if that makes sense and that trust allows me to rest more and then stay kind of fresh as much as possible. Um, obviously, I think at Pat Coast, I was like, damn, like I'm feeling, I'm battling now. But um, even then, like I was able to, you know, stay composed and 
play somewhat decent golf. I didn't I pl- didn't play great, but I still managed up to finish top twenty or something like that. So yes, just less is more. Honestly, like anything to keep yourself fresh. And Weston, they had a physio, so that was lifesaver. I saw him every single day. Um, yeah, that's that's the one thing. If uh, anyone what uh, hearing this is uh, gonna be doing seven events <laughs> for the amateurs, if you want to do that, stay fresh. So what? Let me throw a hypothetical at you. You're mentioning this this practice round where you just did nine holes. Yeah. Hypothetically, at a tournament, I said, Kazuma, you have an hour. Okay. You can go out on the golf course. I'll give you a golf cart. You have an hour to learn as much as you can. And that's it. I'm going to pull you off the golf course in an hour. That's all you get. Then you got to go tee it up and play a tournament. What would you want to learn in just 60 minutes about a golf course? What's the most important thing for you to figure out in just an hour? And I know that's kind of a wild. I know it's a wild wild question. I know it's wild. (laughs) And I know it's, I know it's not going to be like, you're not going to see every hole. You're not going to see every sight line. So like, what would you want to learn that quickly? Uh, I'll probably try and get around as many of the greens as I can. Okay. Um, some courses are easier to do that than others. Like some courses like literally go up in a line and then come back. Like the ninth hole could be like the farthest point from the clubhouse, sure. which is kind of annoying. But um, like say this week, it looks like all like the greens are kind of This week to- at Cherry Hills, you'd be able to do that yeah, easily because be everything's good. really close. Yeah. And then fortunately with like technology, um, I use a thing called UpGame. Um, which is records stats, but also gives you like a GPS aerial view of what the holes are like. So I could kind of figure out lines off tees through that. It's not perfect, but I'd much rather spend time on the greens, mapping them out, finding out where I can hit it, where I can't hit it, um, stuff like that. Because again, it's trust. So if I have that information, I can trust myself to make a golf swing. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I'll spend as much time on the greens as possible. And and you're bouncing around. I mean, this summer you're bouncing around to all these different golf courses. Was there a specific tournament where you maybe struggled more than others to like, I, I can't figure this place out. Like the grass is different. The elevation is different. The heat or just the layout itself. Which Which tournament this summer, maybe not so much in how you finished, but maybe yeah. which one was like, all right, this this was a challenge for me this week. Okay, yeah, I've got I've got two. So, sure. Sunny Hannah was brutal because I just got off a plane and I was jet lagged. Uh huh. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even know what planet I was on for the first two days. <laughs> um, but that was difficult, and the course there is like, I mean, you were there. Like the greens are like on a oh yeah side of a cliff pretty yeah. much, and um, you know. It got wet and then they kind of, it was cool. Like they, they were able to cut some pins and locations where if it was dry, they wouldn't have been able to do so. Um, so that was really fun, but that was challenging for me to focus. Like, cause the golf ball is doing things that in New Zealand it would never do. And like to adapt to that while being jet lagged, that was a massive challenge. Okay. Um, so there's number one. There's number one. Pack coast, uh, for me was a bit of a battle. Um, Cause like I played, I played Pinehurst, uh, and then I played Brook Hollow, and then I played Honors. Yep. So I played like pretty hard stretch of courses. Pack Coast wasn't as bad, but 
that was my third event in a row. Yeah, because I started, I had a little break. No, actually, I had a USAM qualifier, so that was my fourth event in a row um, with like, you know, less than fourth event in a row where I didn't have more than four days of break. Yeah. And, I, and I think, did you qualify? You qual- USAM qualifier? Yeah. I did, yeah. So yeah. you qualify. okay. Yes. Yeah. So you had to go through the stress of a USAM qualifier, which you ultimately did not need. I did not need, thankfully. Thank- yeah. yeah. So I, funny story, I played with a dude today in the practice round who was the alternate that got in so because they just you got in because of me so he was he was he was loving me so yeah and he was in your practice round he was in my practice round group that's amazing awesome. yeah so that guy bought you lunch that's awesome <laughs> yes sir uh so yeah um but pack coast i was like because the one of one of the things that comes with resting like i said i was trying to rest so much you don't get much time to practice and my swing got wild like i was in some shots that i'd never seen before and um you know, I'm not, I don't really have a coach per se, but that moment I was like, I got to take a video of my swing and send it to my dad. And he get, he came back to me with a, one message. He was like, what the hell is going on? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, at that moment I knew, I was like, oh, okay, we got some, we got some things to fix. And, um, you know, Pat Coast was a bit of a struggle, but I got through it. And, um, my dad thankfully gave me some tips and, uh, we got it done by Weston. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're literally, it's almost like a kid that goes on holiday and sends a picture back to his parents who's like, I, I got a new tattoo. And basically the, the parents horrified. Yeah. You sent back a, a video, a swing, swing video, video and he, your dad's horrified. Dad was like, what, what's happened? <laughs> Cause I was, I, I was playing good. So he's obviously expecting me to, you know, swing it somewhat decent. Yeah. And the I sent him a video. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> Was, was it was it just alignment or, or ball position oh, or everything like everything. i had i've got bad tendencies um to shut the face a lot on the way back okay and then that makes me kind of stand up as i'm hitting it because yep. the face is so shut like if i hit it normal it's gone 60 meters left yeah um so i had that going had spinal tilt going backwards which okay. de- doesn't get any compression yep. which also makes it go left so everything is trying to make it go left and I'm out here trying to not make it go left, because um, I because I don't know that my swing's all jacked up, because um, I don't really take many swing videos. But uh, yeah, when I, <laughs> when I the reaction was pretty funny. Now that I think of it, it's pretty funny. But uh, <laughs> at the time, it wasn't funny. It was a pretty dire situation. Yeah, you're <laughs> like I'm I'm in a mode here, and I have to go to the Western, which is the longest and hardest yeah, it's a art. Brutal yeah, tournament. So, yeah. Um, wow. And yeah, because you're playing the schedule and that's another thing. Like when you do make the jump to the professional ranks, when you're out there competing and trying to make cuts and and make money and climb up the the points lists of whichever tour you're going to be on, Mm. that's not the time to work on swing mechanics. Can't can't be done that. No, it's just refining, maintaining mostly. Um, And for... Me, I can't just go back to my swing coach. Like, but bro, like, my people that help me are like a million miles away. It's like other side of the other side of the world. So, um, thank God for technology. I, I was just gonna say, thank God for technology. Yeah, it's what it's what allowing it's, it's allowing us to do this right now. So, um, all right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the boys. Uh, right. You did Les. not you you did not come over here on your own. Three players played the entire series. You, Jaden Ford, Sam Jones. Mm-hmm. The group that you traveled with, paint the picture of this 
traveling band of golf addicts over here in the United States for the summer. Where did, did you set up like a central hub that you all traveled out of, or did, were you just living out of a suitcase this whole summer? Like how did this whole thing look for you throughout the entire summer? The three boys, uh, myself included that, uh, played all three. They're all from New Zealand. Actually. We, uh, we basically, we played the same events. Um, Jaden didn't do a USAM qualifier because he, he uh, wanted to go home, you know. Seven events is a lot. That's you know, a lot. It's, it's yeah. a big commitment, which I cannot blame. And um, but fortunately, Sam's twenty seven, so he can get a rental car for us, and we just pay him back. So that was like the that was the lifesaver because you know you need transport everywhere. Like yeah. you don't even think about it when you're back home. But like, bro, like, what if you didn't have a car? Like your life would be that that, that much harder. Um, and that's pretty much the life we would have been on uh, if we didn't have Sam. So, you know, I think we played same schedule from sunny Hannah, Northeast to North South. Yep. And then Sam had a, I had previous host families Um scattered around the country that i can go to like from last year's event and then i uh i called up the host family from atlanta shout out zach uh he let me stay for a few days and then me and sam went on to a usam qualifier in um burning tree alabama which was kind of close it was like two and a half hours or something yeah um but yeah we don't have uh that much of a hub to answer your question we just travel out of suitcase host family to host family like I said, like we got we got places we can you know call up and be like, oh, can I stay here for a few days? Um, for me, I either go Orange County, yeah, uh, Orlando, Florida, sure, yep. yeah, Atlanta, and then Dallas. I've got a buddy who plays college golf in Dallas, so uh, one of those places uh, is bound to work. So we make it happen. So you're just and so basically, what what I'm getting from this is Sam Jones has a uh, he, he has a very big big supporting role in you winning the elite amateur cup oh absolutely yeah shout out Sam. i mean they need to put <laughs> i mean we put a little asterisk in his name at the bottom somewhere on that i mean definitely cuz um you know uh pinehurst is like pretty far from raleigh yeah. um and we flew into raleigh so we got a rental car that week we got a rental car for the transmiss as well and he got a rental car which i hopped in on uh, for the qualifier because you got to get from atlanta to burning tree somehow sure uh and uh he he was staying in atlanta as well so um yeah that's uh he's a, he's a lifesaver one of my favorite memories of the summer was sam winning the long drive at the northeast <laughs> yeah and, you know like you're mentioning sam's 27 and, uh-huh. and you know he Definitely, I mean, definitely older than the majority of the guys that are Mm -hmm. playing, but he just, when he went up there and won that, you know, everyone else was just basically swinging as hard as they could and just exaggerated back swings. Sam was, it literally looked, he just went to someone next to him and said, here, hold my beer. I got to go hit this (laughs) golf shot real quick. I'll be right back. No, no, no. Two seconds. Don't worry. I'll be, and I think he won with like what? 370, 375? 375. Just this high finish left-handed swing yeah and everyone's just watching this guy just like yeah no big deal Mm. that's impressive what he does with a golf ball Uh, we always joke that like we if we play ambrose we'll be we'll be like unbeatable 
because I don't hit it that far, but I can I can chip and part, and he just bombs it. He's he's a weapon off the tee. So yeah. So let's talk about a couple of the Aussies that run the road. We got right. Jack Buchanan. We got yeah. we got Jai Picken, which is that's that needs to be just a completely separate episode all of itself with Jai. But um, who are some of the guys that kind of uh, made sure you had a little bit of fun out there on the road and not just play a lot of golf? Yeah. So. Um, Mate, oh, I love the Aussies, eh? Um, <laughs> I stayed with Butchie at the Northeast Amateur. That was my second event of the year, and that, that was awesome. That was that was that might have been the most fun I've had, and I didn't play very good. I think I finished like twenty second or something. That that but, that actually happens a lot at the Northeast Amateur, from what I hear. Everyone has a great time. Yeah. Some people don't play very well, and they really don't. You know, yeah. that's that's I part of it. Why? Um, yeah. <laughs> now I had a blast with um, Butchie, um, and then uh, you know some of the guys can play certain events. It's all world ranking based, um, but yeah, Butchie. I think he played most of them. I think he played five. All right, if now, I'm not... now, now make sure you you preface who who oh, who's Butchie, Butchie is Jack Buchanan. Sorry. Okay. Um, is there a reason we call him Butchie? No, nah, I don't know. I don't know where it started, but okay. we just call him Butch. Okay. Um, but yeah. Jack, I think he played five. Jai Pico played most of them as well. Yeah, but yeah, we've had some we've had some highs and some lows. Like my bag got like the leg of my bag got snapped in Vancouver. Like I just look at I open my <laughs> travel case and the legs just like not there. It's just chilling on the other other end of that, the bag. That's I was not like, good. okay, that's, <laughs> that's not cool. Good. Um, and then like the same week. Jai's bag didn't turn up till like the first day. So like we yeah, we had some rough moments. <laughs> some funny looking back at it, it's all funny, but in the situation it's just like damn, that's brutal. Um uh, who else we have? We had uh Guani, jo- uh, yeah, Jeffrey Guan, Jeffrey Guan. Yeah. Um he's playing this week actually. Yes um, he is. Fuco, Connor Fuchs. Um I think he's gone back to Australia now. I think he played Pat Coast was his last event. Um, but, yes, all the boys, you know, they just make it fun. You know, you're, you're on the road for, like, I've been on the road for, like, two months and a week. You need you need some guys that you can get along with. Otherwise, you know, golf, golf, golf. It's, it just doesn't really work like that. So, Did you have any time this summer in your travels – I mean, obviously, a lot of fun at the Northeast Dam, but that's very <laughs> golf-centric, and yeah. I know why you're laughing, and, and and people can figure it out why they're laughing. Northeast Dam is a party; it's a it's a party just with a golf tournament off to the side. So, um, but did you have any fun off the golf course at some of these other places you went to? I mean, Pinehurst, Dallas, Vancouver. I mean, give me an evening. Give me an example of an evening out with the boys at one of the tournaments. There had to have been a couple nights that you were like, "Hey, guys, we got to play golf tomorrow," you know. Nah, we were pretty. Oh, we were pretty good for the most part. Okay. Um, probably the. We, I was we, can't, actually, we, we can talk after the Western Amateur. I'm sure that night was pretty good. That was that was a good good night. I had a one o'clock flight, so it was all good. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we were we were pretty well behaved this trip. Uh, better than last time around, I think. <laughs> um, which may be why I played better. Who knows? Uh, but trying to think. Nah, because I didn't miss any cuts this time around. So like usually when you miss a cut, you just you yeah. know, get on it. Yeah. Um, but nah, I didn't miss any cuts. So I'm trying to think. Yeah, last summer your 
best finish was 21st at the Southern Amateur. That's right, yeah. And this year, your worst finish was 30th. Yeah, tied 30th. So you had an incredibly solid summer. And then it all comes down to the Western. Now, this is the, the your, I think you were fourth on the Elite Amateur Cup standings heading into the Western. Yeah. So you kind of know you're there. A solid week is going to lock up something for you in the Elite Amateur Cup, whether it's, you know, you're going to get an exemption into the USAM, which you ultimately didn't need. You're going to get exempted to other things, Corn Ferry Tour start. Mm. But you're coming in and you, you make match play and things are good. But it's at a certain point, I believe it was the quarterfinals when Nick Dunlap lost. Mm. The math was done by someone a lot smarter than me, but they figured out that if Kazuma wins, he takes the lead amateur cup. And that's a really dangerous thing for a golfer to know. What I mean by that is what is waiting for me when you're trying to concentrate on what's right in front of you. And you know that two matches away, you get all this stuff. How did you manage that? Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, You know, it was the western is such a big event and it's almost something that you like you know you, you give it your all you prepare for it you know you make every swing um with your 100 percent. but you know a small kid coming out of rang you you don't really know you can do it until you actually do it and um to go back 12 months i played the western the year before shot eight over missed the cut by eight like the 36 hole cut i'm not even talking about match play um so missed the 36 hole cut by eight and then i was like damn like this course really beat me up so going into it i'm just like you know let's just let's try and get 72 holes on the start okay. like, let's make the cut okay uh and then i was in a pretty good position through two rounds i was four under i was like you know mission accomplished um and then you know that kind of got me thinking like you know if i continue how i'm doing i can possibly make match play uh and then pulled up the third round uh third day i should say third day morning round uh played awful shot one over i was like okay that's me done um um but yeah you know played some i'm not gonna lie i played some of the best golf i've ever played in that uh fourth round um of stroke play and uh managed to sneak my way with a six under into into the round, round, of, six, round, of, 16, round of 16 yeah and um from that point onwards like they were talking about winning the elite m cup but you know i was just focused on one match at a time it wasn't yeah it wasn't as hard as you say it was i don't know it was it was such a big stage that I was just enjoying the moment and going with the flow that it made it easier. Whereas I reckon if it was, I don't know, some something back home, it would have been much harder because I would have expected myself to win. Whereas sure. this one was, um, you know, yeah, I could just go with the flow and have a, have a good experience. And, you know, that that's another benefit of match play is to kind of tie into this. First of all, you're just playing the one guy in front of you. Mm. And, you know, the other noise, there's no point worrying about that and the other thing with match play is you know if a guy goes out and he's five under through seven and you're down four or whatever Mm. it's not necessarily because you're playing bad you can look across to the other guy and say wow this guy's having a day and i'm just not and it's not like and those things happen in match play so i'm guessing that helped kind of keep things in perspective yeah definitely yeah um i think first two matches i don't lead till 15 
Um, wow. But not that I was playing bad. Like, these guys are just good. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to lie. Um, and, um, yeah, I just keep my head down. Like, you know, if I keep plugging away, I can just, I can make this thing happen. Like, as long as, and there were moments where I was like, this guy's just pulled driver and he's like 30 short of the green. Like, I'm so tempted to pull driver, but sure. I know that's not me. Like, that's not how I play. I think it was, I think, I think it was hole 14 at Western. I was, I was playing Carson Barker and then he pulled driver straight down the guards and I'm one down. And I'm like, shit. Like, <laughs> I want to pull driver so bad. I had three with and he had a wedge to like, you know, he gave, gave me the part like that close. And then I ended up winning the hole. So that, yeah, stuff like that. Like I, I just knew I had to trust my game because I couldn't out, out hit these guys. Like I couldn't bomb, bomb it past them. Yeah. So yeah, full trust in what I was doing. So you're saying that last year that probably wouldn't have been you. You would have pulled driver. I would have pulled driver. I would have tried and competed with these guys on a field that I was never going to beat them in. Yeah. That's a that's an impressive thing to learn in just a year's time, but that's kind of have to know your game. Yeah, and I think it's it's a like I said earlier, like it's because we played seven events and then I got my ass beat, missed every single cup but one. You kind of have to adapt, and it was a steep learning curve for sure. But like it was a, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Looking back at it, yeah, I mean that quick turnaround, you're walking away as the top point getter in the entire series, and it's. <laughs> That's uh yeah, it's a way to go. Now this final match, you're going up against Christian Moss, who yeah, phenomenal player, uh, University of Texas from South Africa. And I want to ask you about the the kind of the ending of the match, obviously, but you know, that second hole. <laughs> I, right. <laughs> I mean, that second hole was well, first of all, okay. I, I was there and and I I was there and I kind of missed his second shot. Yeah. So, because I I go up to the green, and I see him looking in the bushes, but I see a ball in the fairway that's not yours, and I guess that was his provisional that he hit from the fairway. Is that I think that's what yeah, that, that's right. So, so so you hit so you hit driver into a fairway bunker. That's right. Yeah, he hits a perfect drive. Yeah, smoked it. And then this is the second hole of the championship match of the Western Amateur, and you know exactly what's on the line and. You're so locked in. You hit, I believe, a hybrid or a three-wood out of the bunker. What did you do out of the bunker? Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know Christian, um, but I knew, you know, he was a highly ranked world amateur rank, uh, golf ranking player. And um, I think... <laughs> did I th you did you look it up the night before? <laughs> oh, I, when, you, when you look at your rankings, like you're just trying to be on the first page. And I always saw his name. So I, always, I knew he was like a good player. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, I, he's got the South African flag, so you can't really miss it. Um, there you go. But, yeah, I was like – and he played the first hole perfectly, so I don't know this guy, but the way he played the first hole, he was like, drive a little left, um, just onto the green two-part. Like, I don't know. I might have been a little rattled to think that, but meanwhile, I was headed down the guts and he hit into a front-right trap with gap wedge, which is like something you cannot be doing in a championship match. Uh Hit a pretty good shot to 12, uh, 10 feet, and then hold it. Uh, yeah. So it was a pretty scrappy half. Uh, and then he proceeds to smoke driver down two with, like, wind off the left into 
which is like kind of a hard hard tee for, shot for a right hander. That's yeah. not a fun shot. Into an off the left and just smoked this cut starting down the OB line and then did did in the field. I was like, damn, like I've got my work cut out. <laughs> and then I was like, he's in such a good position that me and my caddy discussed like. You know, we might as well give it a rip because this dude ain't making five from the center of the field. He's probably got eight iron in. So I hit three wood, caught it like a touch heavy. It was on the upslope, so it wasn't. Yep. I think TV might have made it look a bit harder than it actually was. It wasn't actually that bad. I just needed a good contact. Caught it a touch heavy, came up 40 short, and then like he hits it and it's like, gone into like someone's backyard yeah he smother hooked i you know i didn't realize till later but yeah he just smother hooked an iron yeah he's just hit in someone's backyard i was like i was rattled um i was like damn like that really happened um and then you know i was double rattled when he hacked it out of someone's backyard into a bunker which was dead yes like i don't know if that was also visible on tv but that was dead like there's ain't no way he was stopping it apart from like hitting the pin and he hit the pin and hold it yeah. i was like what is going on here i've gone from thinking i need to hit a really good shot to win the hole to thinking oh i could probably like you know make five and potentially like tie or win the hole to going i, I need to hold this 12 footer for the half i was yeah. like roller coaster emotions um which was pretty funny, but uh, I hold the putt, so it was all good. Yeah, that second hole, I was well, I was I was behind you, yeah, down the line, on your bunker shot. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I saw that shot, and I yeah. saw him pull this out, and actually, I looked to my left, and there's three kids mm. following, and they're like staring and pointing. They're like, "He's hitting the wood. He's hitting the wood." <laughs> so I saw that, and then I saw, I'm like, "Where is Christian?" And then I see him disappear. And then a ball flies out of the bushes, and yeah, he holds that bunker shot. So that's how the match started. Yeah, and it was a, it was a very exciting match, and I think I know when things kind of turned a little bit, or at least I did see some momentum shift. Mm. I believe he had two birdie putts on like 13, 14, 14, 15, somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. Yeah, twelve and fourteen. Okay, yeah. so at that time of the match, I believe you're one up. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's even. I know it gets to even. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know you win 17, and that's that's where you're one up on the 18th tee. But at that point in the match, this late in the tournament in the summer, and it's the, the back nine of the of the final, when you see him miss those birdie putts, where's your head at at that time of the match? I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about it because he, he putted really good early on in the day. And then, like, realistically... Like, I was like, he's due to hold some bombs. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I was doing okay. I was like one up cruising and then he went stump nine, stump 10. All of a sudden, I'm one down. And he missed it on 12, but that was a hard part. It was like a 3% break. And I got the read off of him. So I hold that, went square. Um, the one on 14 was a bit short. Um but yeah, I was I was just focused on what I was doing. Like North Shore is also like a fairly challenging golf course yeah. as well, uh, to say the least. So it's not like um, even though it's match play, you can't really worry that much about what he's doing. You kind of have to stick to your own game plan, stick to your path. Um, that's that's what I kept doing. But yeah, it was it was a fun match. You uh, you make birdie on eighteen. Well, actually, I mean the other drama that happened was on sixteen, the par five. You guys both uh, yeah, six, oh, yeah. fifteen, yeah, oh, fifteen, yeah. yeah you yeah. guys both rinse it. Uh, 
You guys both rinsed it on 15, and I'm just like, okay, what's happening here? Yeah. And um, but yeah, so you go in, you you go into the 18th tee, one up. You know that uh, you're in the best position you could possibly be in on that hole, and mm. um, you end up making birdie, closing it out. Uh, you know, then the wave of oh my gosh, I just did this. You went from let's just try and make the cut and play 72 holes and yeah. redeem what you did last year. And now they're putting a trophy in your hand, putting a camera in front of you. I know, yeah. It was it was a pretty surreal moment. Um, and the putt on 18, like... Yeah, that putt was ridiculous, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that was awesome. But I knew that, like, Christian was going to... I don't know. You just know yeah. sometimes that this dude is going to make that putt. I was like, I, I have to at least... I can't three-putt, but I've got to give this a go. Um, and then just dripped in the front edge. That was, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who would have thought, eh? Who would have thought I would uh, go from trying to make in the cut to winning the whole thing? That's incredible to have that kind of a mindset. And then at some point you have to turn it. I mean, at some point you're saying to yourself, all right, I got to keep plugging along. But, you know, don't rule out the fact that, hey, I could win this thing. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking that when I got that thought crept in my head um, when I got two up early on Christian through four. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, five holes late, I'm one down. I was like, oh, boy, yeah, here we, we go. We um, got a match. But, yeah, it was it was so fun. Like, the crowds as well, so many people out there, and it was just two guys on the golf course. Like, can't draw it up any better. Well, speaking of drawing it up any better, you know, last year was the first year of the Elite Amateur Series, and Caleb Surratt basically had the Elite Amateur Cup wrapped up before the Western. Mm. This year, we have... Uh, guy that plays all seven events and he wins it on the last day in the last round of the last event of the series which for the organizers of this the, the people that put this together they're just salivating they're like this is what we wanted this is great this is you know um all the things that come with being the elite amateur cup champion you're exempt into final qualifying for the u.s open next year uh we talked about the usam that you're at right now um, you're going to get a PGA Tour start uh, in Bermuda. You're going to get the first pick of the Corn Ferry Tour exemptions that are up for grabs. I mean, yeah, you just talked about it. 12 months ago, you're trying to figure out how to make a cut at these tournaments. Yeah. And now you're the leader. It's only been a few days, but with the people that have talked to you, family, friends, has this really registered yet or is it still just a little foreign to you? Yeah, it's, it's registered for sure. Like, you know, it's... um. Someone said, like, you really look back, you know, you just keep moving forward. You got this goal that you're trying to get, whether it be, you know, the guys out here, PGA Tour U for those boys, uh, Q School, maybe a first professional win. But you really look back and, um, you know, to look back and go, like, how, how far I've come is but pretty pretty amazing. And um, hopefully it's an inspiration for, like, others, you know, Tough times don't last. Tough people do, the old saying. And, um, you know, I hopefully it can be like a testament to, you know, a lot can happen there. Yes, so just don't give up. Very well said. Well, we are, I'm going to let you get to your preparation for this U.S. Amateur, your eighth tournament in the last two and a half months or however yep. you, want, you look at it. Um, how, how are you going into this U.S. Amateur? I mean, every player here has different expectations. There's mm. there's the 40-year-old that got into his very first USM. That person is going to have a different expectation than you and maybe some of the other U.S. college guys. What are your expectations this week um, other than 
trying to visit the physio as much as possible. Yeah, visit the physio. Uh, no, I've you know it doesn't change. It really just doesn't change. Like a lot of people think, like I've won this elite amateur series. I've just won the Western Am. I'm a whole different guy. But I'm not. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm literally the same dude that was here hacking it around at Pack Coast. I just won a tournament, you know, that's, that's all it is. I'm the same person and um, I'm going to keep the same goals, which was uh, to make the cut. That's, that's the goal I've been um, giving myself every single week. Just make the cut, make the next cut, make the next cut. So again, I'm going to try and play good first two days, make the cut and then see where match play takes me from there. Well, you're the uh, nicest guy in the world, but I don't know if anyone would want to face you in match play right about now. I don't know if that's what someone would... They're going to be looking your name up and like, oh, no, I got Kabori. Oh, no. Yeah. But, um, uh, well, I appreciate you uh, stopping by here and chatting, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic week here at, in Colorado. Um, what are your plans after this? So we didn't we didn't talk about that. Are True. you? Yeah. yeah. Are, are we going to come back perhaps and defend that lead amateur cup title, or is it time to go get a day job? What? Uh, what, <laughs> what job. Yeah. What? What? What are the yeah. plans? Um, probably not a day job just yet. Uh, my plan is to uh, hopefully uh, play the World Teams Championship Eisenhower Trophy yeah. um, for New Zealand. Uh, get a bit of redemption from last time. We didn't play too good last year, so run that back um then i'll play the asia pacific amateur in a in royal melbourne this year and um depending on how this week and that week goes i will uh turn professional um i've got an aussie tour card waiting for me so could use that um but then again i've got the uh, starts that i've got from the elite amateur series so you know we'll make work it out it's a you got a lot of options i've got a lot of options to choose from but um it's a it's a good good thing to have well if there's a pro-am for the elite amateur series events next year maybe we you can get come back and play in the pro-am part we'd love to yeah that'd be amazing all right go get uh, go get some rest and get uh you know appreciate you stop by the back of the range congrats on all your success this summer and uh yeah good luck this week at the usam thank you very much thanks for having me and there you have it. Special thanks to Kazuma Kabori for joining me on this episode. Special thanks to all of you for following along this summer as I went all over the country for the Elite Amateur Golf Series. Enjoy the U.S. Amateur this week, and we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.